We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning this thing on see now i'm getting mad because it's getting ready to be on i want my whiskey to bite me a little bit this is the kind of psychopath that i hang out with i got beat up outside of a denny's the rock pile report with buffalo bills season ticket holder drew gear he likes to get the his nose something i can't do with this podcast because i drink too much chris krueger my rollerblading blonde mohawk producer the pettiest hardest drinking Bill's Podcast. I'm an adult. I know what I'm about. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Rock Pile Report Podcast. I am your host, Bill Season Ticket Holder Drew Gear. That's my producer, Chris Krueger, and we are here previewing our Week 14 matchup against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. In studio with us, Mr. Nathan P. Geary, WGR 550, just a savant when it comes to the airwaves, food for thought co-host with Bruce Nolan from the uh, Buffalo Rumblings fame. You guys have a fun show going over there. Uh, Explain a little bit to our listeners how this came to be. And what was kind of the uh, genesis, the whole food for thought idea? How did you incorporate? Because I know you and all your millennial food takes. You said something yeah. about rosewater glaze once about a donut, and I literally crossed that. That that's not true. I've never said something like that. Rosewater, yeah. it doesn't sound right. It sounds like you, that sound that literally sounds made up. I I thought it was too, and I oh, I literally you're took misquoting the, me. I'm sure I am. Because <laughs> again, it's like something happens. How old are you? I am 29. I'll be 30 in a month. 22 days. Something happens to you when you hit the age of like your mid 30s, 35, 36, 37. Anybody under the age of 30, they talk and you. it's almost like they're speaking a different language. Mm. You use a lot of terminology I don't understand. Yeah, you, uh, no cap. Yeah, I don't understand what that is. I don't use that word <laughs> or that, that phrase, I should say. <laughs> but no, I, I, I know the lingo that you speak of. Yeah. 
So, so the, this food for thought podcast yeah. you put together. By the way, Bruce is probably. I think he's older than all of you. Oh, I don't know. doubt that. I've met him. Bruce is Bruce is like seventy. Well, I wouldn't say seventy, but I'll tell you this: he looks old as shit. I mean, the crow's yeah. feet, the he's uh, somewhere the between, long nose hair. He's somewhere between seventeen and fifty-five. <laughs> so, um, if we were if we were to the, the the funny thing is, and Bruce, if you're listening, you can acknowledge that this is true. If anyone here were to try to describe him to a police a police sketch artist, <laughs> good luck. He's the, he's one of the most. If, if there was ever a human being designed to just slip away into a crowd and never be seen again, it's Bruce. You know, who he reminds me of is Slick Tom. <laughs> you know, like Bruce's Bruce's one live read for a strip club away from being Slick Tom. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Uh, but that is not the, the the general consensus of the podcast. The podcast is meant to combine two of your two of your three favorite Fs. You know, food, football, and you know, frenzy or something. Mm-hmm. Just another F word. What's a good F word? Uh, oh, I got a bunch of them. Yeah. Oh, I throw a lot of them around on this show. Some people might call it banging. <laughs> In any event, here's um, <laughs> yes. So the, so the podcast does that. We talk. Uh, we we incorporate. Like you're at a night out at the restaurant, we bring you your appetizer, we bring you your 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 main course, which is our guest every week. Then we bring you our uh, you know digestive at the end, and uh, we do our winners and losers of the week. And it's a cool little uh, start to finish podcast. We've had some pretty great guests. I've got some more um, some more lined up as well. But yeah, we have we have fun. We um, Bruce and I like to talk about the the meals that we eat. And uh, we also like to talk about football, so it's a really good combination of humor, dry, very dry humor. So if you don't come prepared for that, you may. <laughs> no, I think it's what I appreciate about. Yeah, it. I mean, it's just, it's real dry. Listen, I have to deal with him. It it's like the Sahara over here when it comes to Chris's sense of humor. So, mm-hmm. but but he catches me off guard every now and again, and it really does. I our listeners rave about Chris's just jabs and his one liners. Here's a question. What's the bet that you currently have with him? So we have a bet uh, for a lobster dinner of our choosing based on how. Uh, so I bet him that Matt Breida, when healthy, when everyone's healthy, it's the only time that somebody gets counted for a point, um, that Matt Breida will be activated for more games than Zach Moss. And I made this bet with him in training camp. All right. <clears throat> um, and it started really well for me. Uh, one game, first game, inactive. I'm like, booyah. Um, and then I went on a five-week-in-a-row pace, or actually six-week-in-a-row. No, five. Five-week-in-a-row pace. Uh, he went up to five-to-one five, five to one on me. I pulled one back last week, and then on Monday night, he, he gained one back on me. So I have exactly five weeks. I, it was, would be the greatest comeback of all time if, if, I, <laughs> if, I, can, if I can do it. And... Um, not only this though, and, and here's here's the great thing. So uh, you know, I'm sure you've heard of the ravings and the and the lure of um, of Miss Nolan. Miss mm-hmm. uh, Nolan is I, I'm pretty sure not even a real living person. She is just she's she's, she's been in this apartment. No, I've met her. She's I've been, been here. Disagree. I, I disagree. I disagree. You think it's what, you I've think it's a red hair? No, I've also met. Her. I was gonna say you uh, think it's a red hair. I've also met her. So, uh, but I just I wanted I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to talk her up a little here, um, but. She's going to make out either way, because if Bruce has to come to Buffalo to buy me lobster, 
she's coming. She's getting a free lobster dinner. And if I got to drive down to, you know, Sandusky, Ohio, or wherever he lives in America, uh, where where is he? Long Island, uh, he lives the in, Bronx. I'll tell you this. If he lives in Sandusky, I take he, points off of what I... Oh. You know, he's a way more uh, the, the, the town that's in between Cincinnati and Kentucky. Whatever that town is, that's where Bruce is from. That's too wow. close to Cincinnati. I'd firebomb that whole area. Um, they, they have skyline, the stink of skyline chilies all oh over. My them. God, that is just—it's like—it's like they made it in a, <laughs> a big gym sock. No, um, and the worst part is, we talked about it. In the, so you—you you like talking about food takes? Yeah. Before we dive into this, so we broke it down on this podcast a couple weeks ago. The reason I hate I hate garbage plates. I think that they're uh, I think they're nonsense. Bruce also hates. Garbage I think plates. I think they're sloppy. Mm. I think that it's it's drunk you, food. Yeah, I know you are a sloppy drunk. <laughs> it's sloppy yet, drunk food. Yeah, you so are a sloppy drunk. So if I hate it, that should underscore how bad it is. That should underscore how bad it is. And with that in mind, I was going to say, I'm slightly irritated that you're not coming. We're not doing this next week because you have a Seagram's bet on the board, which could be had this upcoming what's, week. What's, what's the Seagram's bet? Jake Fromm throwing an NFL touchdown Shit! pass. Shit! <laughs> Shit! <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, that's right. That could Why? happen because you keep making bets. And he does. Why? He How lost much? How much? One Seagram. That's it. That's all I bet. I'm surprised I didn't bet all of the Seagrams in the world. <laughs> No, that's the, that's the bet. What? Yeah. I think that that is a technicality. No. No, I think he, said, he made it. He said he will never throw an NFL touchdown pass. Thank God I didn't say he never throw an NFL pass because... Yeah. No, NFL touchdown oh, pass. Dude. So that could happen this week. And it's not even for the Bills. He's playing for the Giants. <laughs> Un... So along the, same, along the same lines, before we move on, of things that are atrocious, garbage plates... The sauce that they're made from, we learned from a Rochesteronian. Is the Skyline Chili Recipe? It's based on the Skyline Chili Recipe that includes cinnamon, which is why I hate it, because cinnamon is the worst spice. It's the worst. The worst spice. The smell, the taste, everything about it is terrible. Of course you do. You don't like cinnamon rolls? I eat them when I'm forced to, but probably not. Who in your life... Drew has forced you to eat a cinnamon roll. Once, my wife. I believe that. Um, <laughs> I mean, when, look at look at it's I, Beauty and the Beast over here. I I can't. I say believe no. it. You say say less. Um, <laughs> I would like to push back on that because I think cinnamon is. You know what? Thank you for bringing this topic up to me. I'm going to text Bruce right now. That's we right. Have, we have a new topic for this week, and we will and we will credit you for it. There we go. So. Jumping into this, our Week 14 preview, the Buffalo Bills against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The time, 4.30 p.m. Eastern Standard, which I always hate. I hate a 4.30 Bills game. This happened last year with the uh, Arizona Cardinals game. Because what that means is that I have to sit around and stay sober for an entire day leading up. You said up. you have to. Well, here's the problem. <laughs> I drink... Like, if I if I were to crack my first beer at 1 o'clock when football starts, I'm going to drink through those games the way I drink when I tailgate. The problem is that I'm not going to a stadium. I'm sitting in my living room. My wife and my kid are around. Nobody needs judging. that. Nobody. No, not even judging, but no, Jack. I taught Jack cheers. He mm. rocks it. He knows what cheers is now. He 
You know, though, the advantage of the 4 o'clock game? What's that? We're getting Ramon Nance, baby. Is that it? Yep. Is that on the call? We, yep. Yeah, we're the America's game of the week. Finally, or Romo just avoids the Bills like a plague ever ever since he threw those five interceptions on Monday Night Football. Well, just avoids the Bills like a plague. As he should. I mean, <laughs> and so the weather, Chris, doesn't matter because it's Florida and it can't possibly be as bad as last week. Um, the line, Bills plus three, and the over-under is 52 and a half, which is confusing to me because it almost sounds like they don't expect either one of these teams to score a bunch. Or they expect it to be so one-sided. Yeah. But then also the line is three. I'm... That's So So what that tells me is your Vegas is expecting a close, low-scoring game, and I don't understand that. <laughs> what has either one of these teams done? I think that, you know, we, we, we view the team from a week-to-week lens, and we tend to overreact. And by the way, I did recently, if you follow me on Twitter... I recently changed my bio today to uh, a disclaimer, which I think is important. I think it's important in your, you know, retweets or not, endorsements, stuff yeah. like that. Right? Like those are those really good. My disclaimer is I cannot be held accountable for what I tweet during football games. And I want to go out <laughs> on a limb and I want to stare into this camera and I want to tell the people at home, you are not allowed to hold what I say during the course of a football game against me like you do Drew. Drew's a different story. He says it cognizantly. He knows what he's saying. He says it strategically. I mean it. I'm off I mean hip. most of the- I'm saying whatever it is at the very moment that's in the top of my head. Drew's been thinking it for six years and has been waiting for the moment to drop and he's playing 40 chess on all you fools. And I'm the one that's getting the blame for a guy like this. So I just want to say that when I say that the season's over or... Or, you know, the Bill should trade Tremaine Edmonds for Saquon Barkley. These are things that I'm kidding about, that I joke, that I just say, and they can't be held accountable, and I won't be. Chris, we're what blocked we're, bl- we're, bl- we're blocked by Richie Incognito because of some, some stuff I said during a football game. Hilarious yeah, to me. Yeah, I can the guy who only gonna, imagine what those tweets were. But that's my point. That's who I am, and that's why I love watching our Twitter, our Twitter account because – I'll lose 40, 50, 60 followers in a single Sunday. And then two I weeks later. I, I gain two weeks followers later, a Sunday. It's two the weeks stupidest l- thing. Two weeks later, we're back to where we were plus. Yeah. And he'll get mad because he's like, not mad, but I can tell he's frustrated when he's like, now you're yeah. tweeting what? nonsense. Like I work, <laughs> I work inflammatory things. Yeah, I have to work weekends now, so like I can't be there to take his phone away. <laughs> yeah, he's literally. He's like he used to be the like safety brick, mechanism. You know, loud noises. You know, wada bada booby. You just like to yell things, loud noises, and it never yeah. actually. But listen, you know, I, for me, your furniture. For me, like I, I, I have the worst game day experience of anyone that you know. Okay, like. <laughs> For the first couple weeks of the year, I got to go to home games. That was nice. And then COVID um, shut that down real quick. And now I'm back in the studio. I watch it on a TV that's like a 28, 30-inch TV. So smaller than Most the, of the time. Smaller than our in-studio monitor. Yes. And most of the time, they are, I get to watch the ones that are actually more like 25-inch TVs that are up in the newsroom that are about 30 feet away from me with a glare near the ceiling. That's where I get to watch the games on Sunday when when I'm in the studio and Mike uh, you know isn't there, which is only when it's primetime games. Because m- what happens is at the studio, Mike Show Pill he does the post game show right after, right mm-hmm. after the game, and then I follow him with the overtime show. And Mike will get there right to kickoff, and he watches 
in the dojo, in the studio, yep. right? He watches it on the TV that is also, again, smaller than this. But at least you are watching it. You can hear it. You're looking at it. I watch the game with no volume. Oh, boy. And I watch it from, I kid you not, like 30 feet away. So it is the worst experience because here's the the worst part about it is I have to immediately have to go on the air to talk about how I feel. So what I'm going to do during the football game is not take notes because I take notes when I immediately watch it when I get home after. Yeah. I, instead of taking notes, fire off 700 tweets in the, in the span of three and a half hours, and you don't know what you're going to get, and you just, uh, listen, for those people that want to try to hold me accountable, this is what you people follow me for. You follow me for my unmitigated, unfiltered, ridiculous reactions in real time. I'm basically like the real time jackass, but in like a, in a more professional setting. And this is why you have become one of our favorite guests to have on the show, to have in studio, because you get us. It's even not the, the mustache? Even, no. Well, no, it's definitely not the mustache. Okay. I like you, that how we have a, a better budget than uh, Intercom gives. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. WGR. And it's, it's Odyssey now. No, uh, it's Odyssey. It's Odyssey. Yeah. Uh, and they, um, they're giving us big year end bonuses, so. Well, good for you guys. Guess what? You oh, deserve God. it. You, you <laughs> get a bonus. I, I, I might. Is wait, wait, is the federal minimum wage going back up again? I'm getting a boost then, if that's the case. I'll tell you this: <laughs> if I had to take the calls that you take, I would not only demand a bonus, but I'd also demand the ability to let one of these people on fire. Just every year, one caller at random, you get set on fire inside your own home. So, can I just tell you about the caller that I had yesterday? One of my buddies texted me on the post game show, and he was like, uh, "It's like I." It's like I, I used to listen to you do that, you know, in college. It's like I used to listen to you do that to our friends, you know, after we've had uh, after we had eight, you know, uh, jungle juice drinks. You just yelling at somebody about why Brady Quinn or why you know whatever. <laughs> but this guy calls in and he says, you know, I can't believe Brian Dable. They never threw the ball down the field past twenty yards. What are they doing? They should have been throwing the football down the field the whole game. They were giving it to him. I said, first of all, they did throw the football down the field. And did you see how that went? Like the the wind. It was a factor. Well, you know, anytime someone responds to your argument with, well, you know, nope, I don't know. You're an idiot. Yeah. You're an idiot. You're immediately an idiot. And I know because I've been that guy. I've been the guy who has to respond. As, I'm well, not know. trying to be an asshole, but. Yeah, exactly. Means you're about to be an asshole. <laughs> as, so, as somebody that has been a phone screener for a. <laughs> I was also a phone screener. I would write in in the, uh, the program that goes to the host. Do not take. I would write down what they were going to talk about. And then also, this is going to be a bad call. Yep. <laughs> See, look at. I wish that Joe DiBiase had a little discretion. He just throws him in there like there's like sneaky it's, Joe, like it's Russian roulette. Hey, good luck, have fun. <laughs> Hopefully, oh, he doesn't God. drop the f bomb on the air. <laughs> My, I, I, to this day, before we get into the nuts and bolts of tonight's show, my favorite post game call of all time will be. The, the week you reached out to Chris and he was so excited because you, you wanted to use the audio from our podcast on air talking about how you pegged the Cleveland Browns to be better than the Buffalo Bills in 2017. And uh, Deshaun Kaiser, you know, you, you were a big fan of a lot of things. I recall. So then you got into it after a game with some guy a week or two after and you had him dead nuts. 
But he threw the haymaker and then hung up the phone of just, yeah, well, at least I didn't think the Browns were going to be good and then hung up the phone. And I could hear you seething on the air. It was one of the greatest moments. <laughs> one of the greatest moments in radio history. I I mean, there, there's literally like the, the, there's yeah. the war, uh, what, war of the worlds that gets red and it sets the world. Apart. Oh, yeah. And then oh. there's that. Mm. Those are the two best things to ever happen on radio. Listen. I I people ask me all the time, how do you do it? I I think it's pretty fun. I, I, I like doing post game. If I if I had my choice, that would be the that'd be my prime time slot. Post game show, taking phone calls, uh providing the uh you know at times when needed uh, the the comedic relief, but mostly I like using the first fifteen minutes to just get all of the anger off yes. of my chest and, but That's I am for I'm indebted. Uh, by the fact that you know Mike and Chris get to go before me because it gives me a solid hour and a half to sit down do some breathing exercises you know look at the wall compose yourself yeah no no it's all about composure compose myself and get back to a uh, closer to balanced place um Yesterday was tough because I'm, you know, I'm boom. I'm going right from the broadcast right into into post game, and um, luckily I had basically turned the page on that game in like the end of the third quarter. Yeah. I was basically like, yeah, they're not going to win this game, and and <laughs> I'm and I'm good with that. Nope. Like I'm 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 over it. It is what it is. On to Cincinnati. Um, like that's that's where I was. I was probably at the end of the third quarter when they went on that that field goal drive, and then. Uh, they they made a, an adjustment going into the fourth quarter where Matt Milano, you know. Played the run, shoots the gap on the backside, <laughs> pulling guard. Played and, the oh, run. Look at that! I who would, and everyone's like, "Oh wow, Matt Milano, he's really on fire." I'm like, "Yeah, he's doing something I would have done." Yeah, I, in I, the I, second defensive possession. Yeah, so no, it was um, it, it was rough. Yeah, composure is probably where this conversation is best started. Philosophically, that's kind of what does this mean? This game, because Chris. We talked about it at the end of our last show, this idea that there's something here. This game is bigger than just one more game. It's not just some meaningless end of the season game. It's literally the thing that might separate us from the postseason and not. Just It's the way the cards are falling. It's the way the division is stacked. It's the way the schedules are falling for our opponents. I, the people that we're jockeying position with for playoff berths. Philosophically, how important is this game and how important is composure going to be on both sides of the football to that endeavor? Well, it's an NFC game, so it's not that important. I mean, it's important because it's, Cause it's where they are right now. And they've already where got five losses and you need to get another win in there. You used to look back at it and go, well, it doesn't matter because it's not in our conference. And then yeah, you right. go, well, wait a minute. You need wins. Anywhere you need you wins. Yeah, listen, I, I mean, the thing that I think you're lucky in, in this matchup that Antonio Brown's not in the lineup so that you had to cover the three-headed, you know, horsemen of, of, of Evans, Godwin, and Brown because that's just – it's just really – it's a cheat code. It's impossible to stop. But now you really the, – the emergence of Leonard Fournette has been, I think, really interesting and in, in how teams have been trying to defend the rest of the league. The problem is you can't defend Tom Brady like they do – you know, like they do Patrick Mahomes and, and Josh Allen um, because he can turn around and hand the ball to Leonard Fournette and they have a good offensive line and they can run the football. And if you want to go into too high, they'll turn around and they'll hand it to Fournette and, and they'll be good with that until you want to you want to change what you're doing um, on the defensive side of the ball. So I think for me in this matchup, 
I just, I, again, I just don't like the matchup on the offensive and defensive lines again. I think you're, you're, you're facing an opponent that probably has the best pure one tech in all of football. Um, Vita VA is disgusting. He got a tooth knocked out of his mouth and kept playing. And he was smiling about it, enjoyed it, thought it was like a fun thing. Um, <laughs> well, you have to be a sick bastard to work in yeah. the trenches. That's yeah. just, that's reality. Yeah. Um, but it's it's these matchups against the physical offense and defensive lines and you know they they should have John Feliciano back i was a little surprised that they did, they didn't pull the trigger and activate him um off of the injury reserve and 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 make him available for that game um cuz i just I, I i just assumed that that he was going to be available he wasn't so i think he'll be available this week if he's not um then you got to start wondering if 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 that's a longer term injury than than maybe everybody thought but he's been at practice he was at practice all week last week which is why i thought we would see him but we didn't I don't know what his presence brings to the lineup. I know that he is marginally better than Ike Butker. Yes. Um, and I think I'll take better wherever I can get it right now. Um, but this defensive line for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is the best they've faced yet. And it's a scary proposition because they've really struggled against power, um, established line of scrimmage, nasty defensive lines. And this is probably going to be your nastiest one yet. Jason Pierre-Paul on the edge. Uh, Joe, <laughs> Joe uh, Tyron, the, their, uh, their rookie out of Washington, is, is he, a stud. He's, he's great, and he doesn't get a lot of snaps. They yeah. literally are kind of holding him in abeyance That's because right. they're like, well, we don't need you yet. They got Shaq, uh, <laughs> Shaq Barrett. Um, they've, they've got uh, Everett Golson. Uh, not Everett Golson, Vernon Golston, right? No, Vernon Golston. Golston and Vernon, Everett Golson's Notre Dame. Wait, wait, well, hold on, hold on. Vernon Golston sounds like the dude who got drafted out of Ohio State who washed out of the NFL with the Jets. They have somebody named Golston. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but here's what I'll say. The trenches for this team are definitely tough. I mean, first yeah. of all, on the offensive side, I mean, everyone knows that their defensive line is probably the best Pure. And they're the best running attack, and you did not do well against the defense. That is also no. good at stopping the run as well last week. Their trenches are tough. Brady's 31st in sacks against in 2021. 31st. What that tells you is there's no pressure being generated on Tom Brady. Their offensive tackles are both in the top 20 for pass-blocking rating. He is who he's always been. He gets rid of the ball quick. You can't. William Golson. There he is. William. William! And if you can get him... A little bit of time, he can make you as an offensive line look fantastic. Now, if they had, you think back to Mike Glennon being, Mike Glennon behind this offensive line probably looks mediocre and so do they. They have one of the all-time greats doing it for them Mm -hmm. and their blocking style works for that because they can do it with power. They can do some of what the Colts do in terms of they can just be a, they can be things based on what the the game plan suggests. They, yes. And I think that was probably the one thing Sean McDermott assumed he was getting. Uh, I was kind of joking with this uh, about this with somebody on Twitter today. Like, you know, I think Sean McDermott assumed he was getting like the downhill running attack and multi multiple running style, multiple backs, you know, can run the ball 30, 40 times a game if they have to type of offensive coordinator. And then he realized what his personnel required, which is throwing the football all the time. And now he's like, well, you know, I don't really want to, I want to, you know, I want to yeah. run the ball conventionally. I want to get under center. I want to do those things. So it's like um, this, this offense for the bills is built in a way that I think can, 
um, can do some things against this defense because of the, the weaknesses in their secondary. Well, let's um, talk about I mean, that. Richard Sherman. No, let's talk about that. Who hasn't played, by the way, but like he is like their most notable name at corner. When you look at all these gaudy box scores that the Tampa Bay team puts up on offense, like that's going to be a thing we have to contend with. Mm-hmm. They are going to score points. They've done it in bunches yeah. for the last month or two. The Bills have not. It's almost easy to overlook what Tampa Bay has been doing defensively, but it's the one reason that we have a puncher's chance in this. It's the fact that the Tampa Bay defense is horrifically suspect at this point. Well, this is a team, by the way, that lost to the New Orleans Saints and to the Washington football team. Yes. And and some of what we're going to talk about is going to be a throwback to that, but I, I mean, we're getting close to Christmas. One of my favorite Christmas movies, Home Alone. Die Hard. Okay. Home, uh, d- how dare you? If Die Hard is a Christmas it movie, is. Then, during Christmas. then Gremlins is a Christmas movie, too. Mm, I disagree. It literally happens during Christmas. Yeah, but Christmas is a main a main part of Die Hard. It's, it's, yeah, the, the kid gets the mogwai as a Christmas present. Yeah, but that's different. No, it's not different. No, it's based around Christmas where that's just, there's a scene. I'm going to, I'm literally going to set the studio on fire, Chris. It's new. Don't do that. I'm the first guest. You don't don't make me your last one. How, how much asbestos is in this stuff? We're gonna set this. Bitch we'll find up. out. <laughs> it's, you, it's probably insured, unlike WGR with Audacity or whatever your Audacity or whatever your Odyssey. Odyssey. Audacity. Yeah. In the theme of Home Alone, the quintessential Christmas movie, Home Alone. The thing I watch every Christmas Eve after a couple it's a cocktails. Fine movie. Uh, I, I Home Alone Two is better, but. What? Oh my God! It's got, it's got you literally come on here to do nothing but combat me. It's got Donald Trump in it. Come on, <sighs> you can't Tom. Donald Trump lets, let, lets a little kid walk alone in his in, in, in his in his hotel. In his hotel. What kind is. of what kind of sick bastard lets that happen at, <laughs> at his I, hotel? All I know is, is this: Tom, you're scoring defense. Woof. <laughs> You'd think that life Good would one. be easy when you're when you're scoring more than twenty five points eight times, right? Yeah, like you're, you're, life would life's easy. He's got to do it though. They've been atrocious, and the only like you think about it, the NFC South. Hmm. There's nobody there I to take for granted. No divisions, them. no teams after and, this season. And this is the thing: Chicago and the Giants. They've played some really offensively challenged units so far this season. When you look at their scoring patterns against winning football teams and you take those losers out of the equation, they're allowing an average of 28 points per game. And most recently, you go back to Indy. Their defense, five turnovers because Wentz was just careless. They still they still only won by a touchdown and the scores was it was in the high 20s, 30s. Yeah, 38, 28 or something like 38, that. 28, yeah. 38, 28, uh, 31. 30, yeah, 38, 31, something like that, yeah. The average margin of victory over teams with a winning record is just six points. That's that's the reality of what their defense is. They're the Bills, but they win one score games. Well, and when I exactly, and when you look at that, their defensive line is ferocious. You yeah. talked about it. They're they're spot on. Philosophically, they're multifaceted in what you think you, they should be able to do. And even though he was a shitty head coach, Todd Bowles is a hell of a defensive yes, coordinator. Yes, he is. He might be one of the better. I think he's taken over for Wade Phillips as like. Old guy who had a shot and blew it as a head coach, but you're still one of the game's best defensive Not quarters. Jack Del Rio. Not Jack Del Rio. Jesus okay. Christ. No. And no one gives him any credit. No one gives Todd Bowles his due. I, yeah. when I, I, he's the guy who masterminded the defense that beat 
Patrick Mahomes so badly that when you look at him now, he no longer even can pretend to enjoy his fiance's TikTok videos. She's the worst. His her, his brother is even worse than that, though. We talked about that earlier this season, Chris. We did. They should fire them both into this. He should pay to have them kidnapped. He should pay to have them kidnapped. He, he got married to one and the other one's his kin. It's his brother. Like, what, are you, what are you supposed to do when you share blood? Doesn't mean I can't pay somebody to shove a gag in your mouth and put you in a basement for a week or two. Straighten out. A week? You think you think that kid's going to get straightened out in a week? No. No. That's going to be a long No. The, you will never kill that dancing. That dancing is here to stay. He'll, that guy will be dancing until he's in his late 70s. You know what they should do with Jackson Mahomes is because now we're getting to playoff time. It's crunch time. They should do what they did with what Dave, Juju. What David Spade oh. did to Chris Farley and Black Sheep. Just take him up to the woods <laughs> yeah. out of sight for the, like, for the election. Same thing. Just take him out That's of sight hilarious. for the playoffs. So when you look at the Tampa right. Bay defense, they play a lot of cover two. Good movie, too. They throw a little man coverage in there with safeties back against quarterbacks like Mahomes and passing attacks that like to go downfield. That's a problem for Buffalo. It's been a problem for weeks. I mean, look at this. Situations where they use two deep safety looks in those types of alignments, less than 900 yards allowed, six interceptions, Two more that were dropped and just two touchdowns allowed. When they're in two high looks, yeah, yeah, and that's all they're going to run because they know they're going to be able to stop their stop the run game with yes. uh, with their two high safeties. And they're this not- is it. This is the game where it's like Buffalo. This is this has been your your kryptonite all season long. This team does it better than most other teams. Their defense sucks. Their scoring defense is not great. Hey, do it with one less day of preparation. Like ten days really helped. Yeah, physical because sp- they have warts. Devin White. Devin White has sucked in pass coverage. Okay, He's former first-rounder, worst coverage player on their team right now. Levante David, not doing well. He's struggling. He's given up yards after the catch. He's given up multiple touchdowns. White and David play more than 80% of their snaps. That almost makes, Chris, this, this is starting to feel like the Washington game again, where it's like, listen, if those guys in the middle of the field are suspecting coverage and the safeties are going to stay out of the box... This is where you're going to make hay. That's where you can actually get you can you can find work. And we did it against Washington. And Washington has a very good physical front front seven. There's parallels to be made there. You know what scares the hell out of me? What's that? Did you hear what Tom Brady said on Sunday after the game? No. Tom Brady after his after the game on Sunday they beat Atlanta 30-17. After the game, uh, one of the reporters asked him, Tom, tell, you know, uh, you guys probably haven't looked forward to next week, but, you know, playing a Bills team that's playing on Monday Night Football, he said, next week's the biggest game of the year for us. That's what he said. I hate Tom Brady. Well, let's talk about Tom Brady. Because when he left New England, I assumed he was washed. I mean, we watched what he was with that New England Patriots team. He was dinking and dunking and trying he to throw. shares a bed with Giselle Bunchen. <laughs> what do you think? Can we that? end the podcast now? I mean, that's that's <laughs> that's the that's that's my password to get into my you know into my computer. Um, like that's like he's sipping from the the teat of the of of God. Like it's I, I just when he's I probably still drinks breast milk. What? That's 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 Tom Brady's secret. He's I mean, I do know he kisses his kid on the mouth. Which oh, is he weird, does. Which is oh, weird. He certainly does. Which is weird. But here's the thing: when he left New England, I thought he was finished, washed. 
I go, I so watched you. you lose to the Tennessee Titans at home in a playoff game that you you don't lose like that. It's over for Tom Brady. Then he comes out and he starts playing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and all of a sudden he's a, he's a rejuvenated quarterback. He's second in the NFL in passing yards. He's a new man. He leads the NFL in air yards. He's going to win the MVP. Which is crazy to me. Chris, the dude who had to dink and dunk his way down the field in New England is now leading the league it in air yards. It was never about his inability to. It, it was what they were required to do with the, the, weapons. So can, the weapons they had. So can we say that the, the whole system quarterback thing oh, around yeah, Tom Brady always dead. just a fun little thing to, you know, bring up at the bar. Be like, oh, you guys want to see what happens when you Google search Tom Brady? Like, oh, it's a system quarterback. <laughs> so so yes, that, that was a fun joke that you said after you grabbed, like, your fifth handful of fucking... Uh, you know, bar nuts. What are those? What are those things called? Those peanuts? No, no. no. Are they no. Are they called bar nuts? Corn nuts. Corn nuts. <laughs> what is more depressing than shoving your fat face with corn nuts, saying, "The birth of Like that's what we've been doing for two and a half decades. So. Well, now he's got the he's got a strong rushing attack, a great offensive line. And has some of the best skilled Good coach, some of the best skill players in the NFL. And Great this brings me line. to one hill that you kind of died on a week or two ago, or at least you staked it as your own. After the Trey White injury, this is the big question of this game when it comes to corralling that offense. This was the game that you said, okay, Chris, when Trey White got hurt, you tried to tell me I shouldn't flip out about this. Because we're not going to face any Stop quarterbacks. Crying, Drew. It's okay. Yeah. We're not going to face any quarterbacks in the regular season who can take advantage of his absence. Outside of Brady. Outside of Brady. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Nate. How do the Bills approach this without Trey White? <laughs> Look at <laughs> your face. Hope that the breast milk was spoiled this week <laughs> that he's drinking. I that's the best like I what what are some things that the Bills can do to at least make life hard on him? Because you're talking about Dane Jackson and Levi Wallace. Both get your hands in the passing lanes. 
okay. he has struggled at times this year with batted balls at the line of scrimmage. He's not going to move a lot. Um, if you're Gregory Rousseau, this is the game where you are engaging and then immediately following Tom Brady around and you're, you're, you're jumping in the air as soon as the ball's released. So sort of like the Kansas City game where he batted a pass and then intercepted it. That's right. Okay. Um, I, I think the other thing, too, is you do in this game need to have a steady balance of being able to slow their running game down but also be willing to let them run the football. You got to be willing to let Leonard Fournette beat you, get you down to the red zone, hold him to field goals, um, and like that—that that, that's kind of a recipe that I could see working for them. Um, and that they would probably like to de- deploy in that game is that bend but don't break. We know that's what they're doing. They're on a ton of quarters. Um, they're they're going to probably. That's the one thing about this defense this year that I think has helped them take a step as a pass defense is they have run a lot more man than they did last year. Mm-hmm. Um, that has been a development this year. We've seen more of Trey White following that 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 number one receiver and and who he ultimately follows in this matchup if he's in the game. Probably is a moot point, but here's the thing, guys. As much as this team is beating teams down the field, one of their biggest counter punches to the too, too high safety shell is getting Chris Godwin involved in the line of scrimmage. So those they're they're more like a slot screen um, than they are a true bubble. So like the, the, the bubble's kind of like from the slot out yep. to the numbers, where these screens are more like he comes in, motions, motions in from the numbers towards Brady. Brady's under center, snaps it, boom, and throws it right out to him. And he's got his right guard or his, yep. or his, or his tight end out there to lead block for him. Um, and and away they go. And, and, and Godwin has been feasting on that um, really for the better part of the last six or seven weeks but dating back to last year that was sort of when teams wanted to go too high safety look and they didn't have the running attack um that was their answer like the bills just have decided like that's not something that they can do yep um but the the tampa bay buccaneers say we don't care where you know chris godwin's getting his targets we want to put the ball in his hands and let him get get yards after chris catch. it would be crazy if we had a small fast wide receiver that could maybe catch a screen pass and take it for extra yardage with field vision oh no wait he's inactive every week he is an active every week. Oh, I want to, th- I want to firebomb some. He did really <laughs> screw the pooch on that, on that kickoff return. I understand. We, we could have gone without that. I think. So, are you going to bench him for the whole year and when you watch your offense struggle? Like this is a this is a narrative that I think they weren't to- using him before he was benched last season. He was an integral part it's of emerging. We he was it's he was emerging an, part. He was, and then they decided that Andre Roberts was not worth the keep, and they decided that the primary kick return role was important enough that you were going to sacrifice his ability to play on the offensive side of the ball because you need him healthy and available. And then by week twelve, he's inactive, and now you don't use him on either. Um, so yeah, I'm, I, I would say that I've been sort of calling for these jet sweeps and for these these east west runs or or uh, like man, did they ever? Need that presence last yeah yesterday on, on Monday night like they desperately needed someone that could stretch that that defense a little bit horizontally towards the sidelines because just nothing was open in the middle and they did not have a guy that they could turn around and hand the ball like to me like and this is totally off topic but like Cordell Patterson has to be like in a Bills uniform next year like that's the kind of guy they need somebody that can stretch be more than just a traditional back because I just don't think this off I don't want them to be a traditional running team I don't know why Sean McDermott wants them to be I think they could probably be fine with the running backs they have right now if they decided to move the hell away from ISO and from you know outside zone and some of the other stuff that the pin and pull that you're trying to play get gimmicky you know run a reverse 
to a wide receiver. Run a, a little pitch pass underneath, a little, a little pop pass. You know, like get your tight ends involved in the screen game. Things like that that I just think are easy, low lying fruit plays that you know this offense just has decided that 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 they don't want to. They don't want to move to. They want to be an offense that's a short passing game, but uses the intermediate parts of the field and it can hit you over the top. And they don't have a lot of other. This is what I said yesterday: is the Bills are you know Araldis Chapman for you Yankees fans out there, right? Like he's a guy that can throw 101 mile per hour fastball. This offense, right? But the problem is the rest of the league figured out how to hit your inside fastball. Yep. And now you need to be able to come with a two seam. You need to come with a breaking ball. You need a split finger. You need a change up. You need something that can keep them off balance so that your fastball is still effective. Mm-hmm. And the bills have yet to. And I, I also, uh, I, I, I equated this to boxing as well. What the bills offense is, what this team is, is a prized fighter. And I and I and I yesterday on post game I I compared it to Lennox Lewis who's like one of my favorite boxers of all time and if you're my era your guys age you remember the the Klitschko Lewis fights and what was always the get inside hit him on the jaw you can TKO him you can knock him out he's done get to the jaw the problem was is he was so damn good at not letting you get inside that every time you went for the jaw he baited you yep. into his weakness and that's what the Patriots did they baited the Bills to say. We think that you guys are good, but we think you'll beat yourself. And Bill Belichick baited the Bills into playing a perfect game because of the precision that they were doing on offense. They were they were creating pressure on the Bills offense with their offense yep. because of how they were methodically moving the oh, ball. Oh, for and sure. They had 11 first downs, 14 first downs. Yep. And people want to say, well, they scored 14 points, then they had 13 first downs or whatever it was, and they were 2 of 12 on third down. At what point during that game, what do you remember most about that game last week? Is their defense getting run over? That's what I that's, that's, that's what I remember. That's it. And and that may not be, you're, you're right, right? 14 points, you should win football games. Your defense holds people to 14 points. But the damage that that team did physically to the defense early in that football game, breaking that 64-yard run, methodically going down the field. And if Damon Harris is still in that football game, man, that dude's running for two, two, two plus. Oh, probably. Two plus. Probably. He he broke a 17-yard run on a strained hamstring with one leg. Okay? So I just, you know, spare me the Bills defense played well. But that's a whole other situation. But, like, going, going back to this whole, you know, prized fighter talk, right? The Bills... They have that fatal flaw. The problem is teams know how to get them to show it yep. instead of the other way around where you're using your flaw yep. to bait them. The Bills are leaning in to the bait. And that's their that's been, a, I think, a big problem for them. And they just don't have – teams are, are, are baiting them into being a physical run-first football team. Yes. They know that they are that the other teams right now know that the best way to beat the Bills is to take the ball to Josh Allen's hand. And how do you do that? Well, you give him run looks, and you know, and you know that you'll stop him. It's not like it's not like the game plan against the Chiefs last year, where it was in the regular season, right? Which was we'll let Clyde Edwards-Helaire beat us. You're not going to beat us. We'll let you run all over us. But that's the plan because we don't want Patrick Mahomes to beat us over the top. Yep. This has turned into. 
well, the reason that we're going to stop you on offense isn't because we're figuring out a way to stop Josh Allen. No, we're not going to give him pass looks. We're going to beg you to run, and you're not going to be able to do it. Yep. No, we know we can execute, and that's where this whole thing falls apart. So, I don't know. I feel like there's a game plan here for Buffalo. They're going to be baited to run, and it's going to be whether or not Brian Dable decides, and whether or not Brian Dable has the ability to decide. I think, I think I'm just going to start a rumor that I think Sean McDermott is, is clipping the wings a little bit of the offensive coordinator. I, it's, that's just a total rumor. It's, hey, I look at this, and that's the only explanation. What Drew, what is different? From 2020, I I what's I, different? No, I right. wish what's no, different? no, because I want to fight you on this, but I genuinely don't have any ammunition to do so. There is nothing short of swapping in Emmanuel Sanders for John Brown, who we all agree is better. And well, he's better, but here's the thing: he doesn't do. He doesn't take the top and I off. Said, no, and I said this to Chris earlier. We're hurting yards after catch for the. In, in our recap, we talked about 22 yards after catch from your biggest wide receiving threat. Out of qualified, Combined. out of qualified quarterbacks, I think Josh Allen is ranked 36th in um, yards after catch total from his receivers. So, where did we go from the downfield passing, hitting guys in stride that all wilted and died in the vine, and now we're just dinking and dunking and hoping? Have to. Have to. It's. It, it's it's bad, and I think that we miss Brown's speed to kind of give a good foil for what Diggs does underneath, so that he can kind of roll in on the deep. Cross. So what Brown was really good at is how defenses used to guard the Bills, yes. which was man coverage. He was fantastic at running those over routes, those drag routes, those backside drags, those those backside in routes, and the in the straight vertical. But the thing is, is Teams are not. I think Emmanuel Sanders is better fit for how defenses are defending them right now. Yeah, because he's good at finding zones. And yet, it's not. It's not amounting to production. No, not really. Um, but I would also say that their production is far more spread out this year. You have a Dawson. Of course, Knox. you have. Of I know course. Gabriel Davis isn't really bringing it, but um, I think he's also throwing to the running backs a lot more. That brings us to our segment that we do every week: the keys to victory. Wow, it's a lot of keys. Bigger the keychain, more powerful the man. Nate's over here with a mustache that makes him look like one of those old barbell lifters from like the early 1910s, 1920s. I look like Dog the Bounty Hunter's wife. (laughs) (laughs) You must have some keys to victory. Obviously, you're feeling strong to walk around with that thing on your upper lip. Okay, let's talk about this. The first thing you think the Buffalo Bills have to do in order to win this football game. What's what's the what's the biggest in the forefront of your mind? Move towards 80 82% of your offense flowing through Josh Allen. Be do it more. I think you're I think they've got to lean into the fact that Josh is the thing that makes this thing work. They threw the ball 8 of their 30 attempts on the final drive on Monday Night Football. Mhm. And it, it was the best them. they moved. Yeah, they, it, it was the best they moved the ball all day into the wind. This is Peyton Manning type stuff, though, because when Peyton Manning was with the Colts, short of the the, the year where they had what uh, a die and who was the Dominic Rhodes, the, the year they won the Super Bowl, Edge. And, uh, no, Edger and James Edge. was not on that. Yeah, game. it was Dominic Rhodes. It was Dominic Rhodes yeah. and Joseph Die. The two of them were a one-two punch, but short of that, everything that the Colts have done throughout their seasons, it was primarily just. Let's let Peyton Manning go out there and run the team. Yeah, it all flows through him. He's going to make line checks. He's going to audible into certain plays. 
I haven't seen as many of those from Josh Allen this year, which gives credence to your idea that they've been kind of hamstrung. I think you like you're, you. If you were, um, I don't know if you heard any of the post game comments after the four o'clock game uh, Sunday, uh, Pittsburgh and Baltimore. And after the game, uh, they were talking to Deontay Johnson, the wide receiver for Pittsburgh, and he said mm-hmm. this offense is like this is no shot at the offensive coordinator, but this offense works when Big Ben is at the line of scrimmage. Walking up to the line of scrimmage, pre-snap, getting giving them twenty seconds on the play clock, looking at what the defense is doing, and putting us in the best position. And although I don't know that that's what I mean about him going up there and having the autonomy to to move into different plays and in out of run looks, I think what I mean is use him as the running back, throw with him, run with him, abandon your current strategy, which is we're going to make teams try to respect us and we're going to try to dictate what they do by turning around and handing the ball off to a running back. Stop. Just run jet sweeps. Get What I would like to see this offense do, and this is going to sound crazy, I want them to find a gimmick. That's fine. If that's wildcat, if that is triple option, if that, <laughs> I don't know what it is. The looks, veer. They need to find a gimmick that can bridge the next eight weeks. They need to bridge the gap to now to the offseason. It is too far gone to make a change. There is nothing they can do dramatic enough to change this running attack. How yep. Why it's broken cannot be fixed now. It needs to be fixed in, in, in January and February and March. Yes. And the problem is, I don't know that there is a sense. I think what this comes down to, guys, is... Something that I think stems from ignorance, but what it is is pride. Oh, yeah, sure. And I think there's a lot of pride in that room about how we win football games. Yeah, you want to be rough. You want to be tough. You want to go in there and impose your will when that's not who you are. Doing what I'm saying is sort of an admission that the process and this stuff that they talk about, this physicality, all this all these buzzwords you hear, all of that sort of goes out the window when you become a team that does something that's a gimmick. Whether that's deciding you're just going to run shotgun and you're going to throw the ball 60 times a game. Like, I'm not kidding. Like th- Those are things that they need to consider doing because teams want them to turn around and hand the ball off to Zach Moss, to Matt Breida, to Devin Singletary because they will... That means the ball is getting out of the hands of Josh Allen. So what does that mean? If, if the team's biggest enjoyment is watching you take the ball out of Josh Allen's hands... Then you need to you find need to keep ways. it in his hand. And you That's, know what? Listen, I get... You just paid him $258 million. You'd like to see him get to that contract. I get it. But he is just as likely to get a blindside hit inside the pocket, get hurt inside the pocket, get rolled up by an offensive lineman as he is you know, scrambling out and sliding or going up and trying to dive for a first down or hurdle a player. Like those are, He is just as likely to get injured there as he is inside the pocket. In fact, mo- most, most studies would tell you that injury tends to happen inside of the pocket for quarterbacks. I'll say this. He's probably less likely to do it than, uh, I don't know, Lamar Jackson, who... He outweighs by 50 pounds. That's right. And yet, Lamar Jackson... Quarterback nobody, sweeps. Run, you don't, run, you run don't a, hear any of this about Lamar. Run a jet Lamar. sweep motion. Do, 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 yeah. do, uh, you know, do a read option where you've got Isaiah McKenzie coming and you're reading the end guy in the line of scrimmage. Yep. And instead of just the traditional, oh, I'm going to do a, a, a classic veer or I'm going to do a classic, you know, uh, we, we would call them uh, midlines, right? Where you're just doing a normal read option. You're reading the end guy and you got a running back where it's right next to you. If he comes down, you give. If he, come, or if he comes up field, you give. If he comes down, you pull. Why not... 
conflict. That's the thing, right? Is trying to conflict the defense, trying to create matchups. There has been less motion, less. This is the guy today that we're bringing into this matchup and saying today is Cole Beasley's game. Give and, him hell. And in Give Cole him hell, Beasley's man. game, we're going to move him around. We're going to run him in motion. We're going to bring him back to the backfield. And right before the snap, he jets out the other way. The 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 three way motion. He comes in and he comes in and out, and then it comes back the other way. Like they're just those were all things his team did with regularity last year, and they have just they're done doing it. And I think a lot of it is guys is they look at the defense and they know what they're doing, and they don't. And instead of last year, which is, okay, let's run a motion. Let's start with your running back out on the outside. Let's bring him back in so we can ID if it's man or zone. They know it's zone. Yep. They don't need to ID the man. So they're getting lazy in the process. They're yep. saying, well, we don't want to run a we don't we don't need to run that 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 motion anymore because we know what the defense is doing. The problem is, is you're not finding ways to manufacture if they're in a zone. The easiest way to, 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 to create and manufacture a mismatch is start off with two wide receivers on each side of the ball, motion one over, get three on two, everything moves over, and instead of a, a slot corner, you have a linebacker over the top of, of Cole Beasley. These are just really elementary level things that you want to see a team adjust to, but instead there's this level of pride that they can't seem to get over about, we know what is best, and we know what they're doing. The problem is, the more they know what they're doing, the more they're taking shortcuts in the process to beat it because they think they know how to beat it and they don't. They can't. They haven't proven that they can do it consistently enough. Chris, and I just it's 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 one of the more frustrating things. And this matchup on, on on Sunday is going to require you. Listen, Tom Brady has more wins against the Buffalo Bills than any quarterback. I know wins aren't a quarterback stat. Sorry, Bruce. But he has more <laughs> wins. He has the best record against the Bills than any quarterback, than any team in NFL history. He owns the Bills. He is daddy. He is going to know that. You know what they're going to do? They're going to watch what happened last week. Yep. If, you think, if you think Tom Brady's throwing the ball 40 times, you're smoking crack. They're going to turn around. They're gonna. They're, Ronald Jones is gonna get in the game. Oh yeah, they're going to no, turn they're, gonna they're gonna rotate down, running backs it's gonna be out. Downhill. They're gonna play downhill. They're gonna, and then play, it's gonna come off play, play action. action. Yeah, and they're going to hit you deep on a couple of things. They're gonna force Dane Jackson. To, they're gonna set, create matchups with Mike Evans over Dane Jackson. They're gonna test that. Then they're gonna say, well, we've got two tight ends. We've got Rob Gronkowski. Let's test these guys. Let's see. Oh, you want to bring this guy in? Well, we're gonna. So how good are your safeties? Well, guess what? We're gonna try to get Cameron Braid up the seam right. because he's a guy who doesn't get a lot of attention. Why not? Let's see how far we can push him. It's now, Chris, as I hear Nate, just his, he's getting animated. He's getting fired. I'm over here like Ricky Bobby. Turn up the heat. Come on now. You brought this on yourself. <laughs> you brought this on yourself, Chip. The Bills brought this on themselves. I love the way they're talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> the Bills brought this on themselves that they reached this game with this magnitude of importance on winning the game. It's now on you to reinvent yourself at a late point in the season and figure out all the things you forgot about who you used to be. I don't know. I don't know if they Is can that a do. Song it. Lyric? I don't know. Was that White Snake? White Snake? No, White Snake was uh, still of the night. I- <laughs> White Snake was here. I go again. Well, on my Tony Kate. Oh yeah, all on the the car. <laughs> Tony, rest in peace. Right, yeah, I was just about to say R.I.P. Here's what I'll say. Short of everything, Nate just, I mean, I can't just, you just stream of, con- you just stream of consciousness, this stuff, which is what I appreciate about you. It's the new meds. It's the new meds. They're really, they're really keeping me on the straight and narrow. Or because you're smart and Drew isn't. Listen, 
I'm wearing a shirt. I mean, stay drinking. I don't know what to tell you. I'm not a bright man. Contact with Tom Brady. Or I'm not a smart si- man. <laughs> Simulated pressure is going to be the soup du jour because you can't abandon those guys. A gap pressure. No, whoa, whoa, whoa. But, but it's always been the book on Tom Brady. That's elementary at this point. Here's the thing. You look at that Washington game. You mentioned it earlier. Washington is not a good football team. We destroyed them. Mm-hmm. They tried to bring pressure on Josh Allen, but he's so athletic, he just drifted away from it and made downfield plays. That's not who Tom Brady is. So now here's what happens. Taylor Heineke Mm -hmm. beat Tom Brady. (laughs) He beat Tom Brady. They're not stats. uh, Wins aren't quarterback stats, but I agree. Here's the thing. Washington was only credited with seven pressures in that game. Seven. Not, it wasn't huge. It wasn't like they swarmed and Tom Brady. Tore his ACL in that game. And Chase Young tore his ACL in that game. They only blitzed 14 times, finished with zero sacks, zero tackles for loss. But when you look in the numbers, they, they, it tells a story. Six of those seven pressures right in the A and B gap, mm. right in Tom Brady's face, directly leads to disruption because he's an old man. He wasn't athletic to begin with, and now he's what? Now he's going to pull a Josh Allen and roll out away from pressure in his face off the snap? No. I don't think so. So that's where you got to get it. And you look at it, Ryan Jensen and the backup left guard, which is an injury to watch going into this game. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen with the left guard situation? Ali Moppet, uh, which is uh, – I'm sorry, Ali Marpet, which is uh, the pride, the pride of uh, – shoot. It's some podunk college, like a D3 school. Yeah, it's here. <laughs> it's, it's here. In, it's in Geneva. Oh, good. Great. Not Johnson and Wales. What the fuck is it? Uh, I love that you know that. Call in if you know. I played him. We played. The reason that I, I appreciate Ali Marpet is, first of all, my cousin was his right tackle. He was a right guard. I'm sorry. He was center, and he and my cousin was a right guard. And um, he would have... Uh, he played at Hobart, which is in Geneva, New York, and Buffalo State College. Went down to uh, to mighty Geneva, and um, I'm not even kidding with you. Ali Marpet tore two. It was a scrimmage; it wasn't even an actual game. He tore two of our defensive tackles ACLs by pancaking them. Like that's how you know he doesn't belong there. Over themselves, like pushed them over themselves and snapped their leg back. So, like, Ali Marpet, I'm scared of that man. That's I watched you, what he did to to my friend Dan. Yeah, but real is real, and you that's what it is. That's what it looks like no matter the level. Here's the thing. All of the, the all of the pressures that you could get on Tom Brady, the defense committed to only sending pressure with the defensive line. That was the end. That's how Washington did it. I mean, everything about their approach sucked. They had 2.8 yards per carry. They're, Tampa? Uh, uh, or Washington? Washington, when they beat Tampa. They didn't do anything special. They had one drive at the end of the game that was nine minutes long or whatever. That's my point. And this is... <laughs> we're going to talk about that in a minute. So, when you watch the game, Brady's never comfortable. D- our de- Their defensive tackles made his life miserable. And we don't have a Jonathan Allen. Nobody does. But Ed Oliver has been really good this year. True or false, this is his best season. He, he, it is his best season, but the problem is he doesn't have a reliable person next to him. No. So his 
strengths are being used against him weekly because he's flying upfield and he's getting those whams and just right right where he vacates def- offenses are just running right behind him and it's a little bit I need him to start realizing that teams are using that against him but I also don't want to clip him because he's finally figured out how to use use his explosiveness and get off the yes. line. He is he's penetrating. He is creating push and penetration. The problem is, is he's the only one. And when you can when you can isolate penetration, you can use that against the defense. This is a game where if I'm if, if I have to kitchen sink this thing because my season's on the line, this is where I'm willing to rotate a Rousseau inside and put a Basham, put an Obata on the outside, and just say, look, this is what we're gonna do. We're still going to hold the line, and also I'm going to put someone stout who's got a quick first step. We're going to create a little havoc on the inside of the defensive line. This is where you're going to be able to move Brady off his spot and maybe make him a little uncomfortable. The only team to do it was Washington, but they suck, and yet they beat them. They beat them, and it was because this was a huge component of their win. Trevor Simeon played the entire second half of that football game. And they beat Tampa. Yes, that's my point. So Trevor, in the Lord's year 2021, <laughs> Trevor Simeon with his dirty, grimy, I can only imagine his hair, just his hair looks like it smells. But like, it's just, you know, he's got that disgusting, like, you know, side, but then he's got like the mullet situation. Yeah. And he's got the party in the back and the, the business up front. Oh my God. What is this? What is this, amateur hour? Whose phone oh, is that? mine. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> 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 the professional in the studio. Goes, I called what? these guys out. What is this, fucking amateur hour? And it's my phone. I'm looking around at you guys. Turn it off. I'm like, who? It's not my phone. It's me. I got to take the garbage out. Oh! This, you, this is what, a, wait, this is what adulthood looks alarm? like. You alarm? Yeah, buddy. I, didn't I just tell you that I take medication so that I can... That is work fair. through my hey, day. Listen, I hear you. I'm right there with you. Brother, ADHD brothers in arms. Hey, man. I hear you. Here's the other one, Chris. You drag these guys into deep water. The gaudy box scores that the Tampa generates, everything else. When they lost to Washington, their defense was on the field for 73 plays compared <laughs> to just 48 for Washington. That's a lot. Which is fucking crazy when you think about the fact that, they, again, Washington only had 2.8 yards per carry. It's not like they were doing anything special on offense. They put on long, sustained drives. And yet that time spent on the field took its toll because, to your point, Tampa scores to make it a four-point game with 11 minutes left in the fourth quarter. And that's all she takes. And Washington puts on a 16-play drive and milks 10 minutes off the clock. Yep. And that's it. The game is officially over. When Tom Brady gets the ball back, okay, 16-play, 10-minute touchdown drive, he gets it now. He's down by what? He's he's down by 11 with 34 seconds of clock. That's it. It's all she wrote. I think back to the loss against the Rams. The Bucks defense was outscored 20 to 17 in the second half. The Bucks are 22nd 26th ranked in the NFL in third quarter defense. Their defense gets throttled coming out of halftime. Mhm. It's usually because they take such a beating in the first half. I miss being mad about third quarter offense. Yeah, right. I miss those days when I that yearn. was a thing that I would. I used to. It's the reason I had to get. Oh, they scored thirty eight points, but they only didn't score the it's, quarter. It's the reason that I had to buy Greg Thompson 
like a two hundred dollar steak and dinner. black underwear. Well, I don't know about the black underwear. I mean, maybe he brought those himself. Now, this is what I'll say against Indianapolis. All the third down conversions, but you also give up four conversions where it was more of third and ten, right? Yeah. If you take out Tampa Bay's garbage time touchdown and field goal drives at the very end of that blowout loss to the Rams, the, the Bucks played 26 fewer defensive snaps than L.A. Or more than L.A. Yeah, it's about keeping their defense on the field. you got to keep these guys on the field. So what I think back to is, uh, is I think back to Kyle Williams. Remember that montage you made for Kyle Williams back in the day? Yeah. There's something about, he says, he says something about this in there, where he's talking about how you got to be able to drag a team into deep water mm. and see if they can tread and how bad they want it. Same way he did Marshawn Lynch. Yes. Beat him in the pool. <laughs> that's, that's it. <laughs> this is where the Buccaneers team is vulnerable on defense. If you can make this game longer, mm. if you can extend the game, because their defensive backs are not great in coverage. They've given up a lot of points. They've given up a lot of space to receivers. But we've all established that everybody knows how to play Buffalo. They have to reinvent who they are. They have to decide this is the game where we want to address our shortcomings. Because if we keep doing the same thing we're doing, we're going to die. I on think the I'd hill. like to watch. I think I'd like to see Stefan Diggs get 800 yards over the last five games. <laughs> you want you want this to be feed Stefan Diggs or die. I would like to see. A like you you put this on a banner type of game for for Stephon Diggs like fourteen for two eleven and three touchdowns like I think that this team needs a spark offensively and I think the catalyst needs to be those two Allen and Diggs and I know that they they were so close on that deep ball and we're talking about a totally different game if they hit that deep ball. In New England? In, yeah. In, on Monday night. Yeah. yeah. I just, it's a different game. And I, I'm not going to blame either player in that instance. That was a dime. <laughs> An absolute dime. It, it just, you know, the, the ball moves over a foot while it's in the air and it's just impossible to track down for Stefan Dix. But I, I was firmly impressed, by the way. I don't know if I said this. I think I probably have during the podcast. But I'll, I'll say it again. I was firmly impressed by Josh Allen on Monday night. And I, and I know they, they scored 10 points and, you know, it's hard but to be impressed with the, the quarterback, guy. but he just he's without more exciting without a doubt hope. without a doubt it's them wanting to I don't know protect him. I don't know what the word is that I want to use, but they need to just Stephon Diggs and and Josh Allen. They need to be the catalyst of of this of this offense this year. And this is the thing: like you can go back to being your proud run it. We're going to be physical with line of attack, and on both sides, we're going to dominate the line of scrimmage. That could be for next year because you don't have the you don't have the horses to run a race in that sort of, in those sort of conditions. You have a a dry course horse and you're running on a wet track. Yeah. So you what you need to do is decide this year the last five games. There's just I want there to be a little like a little. There's nothing to lose here. That's it. And let's I, I, go. I need, let's, that, I need that mentality. Let's kitchen sink these guys with all the creativity Brian Dable has at his disposal. And if he doesn't, we lose. Yeah. But if you do, and you can find a way to extend these drives, get McKenzie involved in offense. Yep. Okay? Let's start to dink and dunk. Let's find Cole Beasley more often. Let's make sure Sanders gets involved early. 
and then let's pound them with digs when your safeties are the best thing you have going for you and your cornerbacks are all terrible. Let's pound them with digs near the line of scrimmage on short routes. Make those safeties come down and see if we can't sneak one over the top. If you do that, you will find a way to drag this game out. Their defense does not do well when they're on the field for more snaps than they need to be. If you let them make it a short game, they will roll us up the same way they did the Giants. It'll be 30-10. to 10. Yeah. But if you as an offense can decide, listen, we're going to put our hubris aside and we're just going to we're going to turn it over to the most talented guy on our fucking team and let him methodically move us the way he has over the course of his career. Josh Allen could still win the MVP. That, and that's if they point. did that. But this is the game. The reason the, the reason This Josh is the game Allen, where you have to do it. The reason Josh Allen won't be MVP is probably because of the offense they're trying to run. Drag them into deep water. Make those off make those defensive players play more than 60 70 snaps. Yeah. You win this football game if you can do that. I don't know what you do otherwise. Nate, it's going to be wild. Everything hangs in the balance. Where can people follow you on Twitter, and what do you have coming up on Food for Thought? At Nate Gary Sports. Uh, I'm trying to pull in uh, a an old friend, uh, Matthew Fairburn, in for our guest on uh, Friday. So hoping we can we can secure that. I got Ty Dunn uh, and in the in the the barrel as well. We'll have him up on here in the next week or so. Um, and then the holiday season, we're going to take at least one or both because uh, uh, Christmas and New Year's fall on, on a Friday this year. Um, so we may end up taking both of those days off, um, coming back fresh in the new year with uh, with a couple of new topics and and and, and a. Very special New Year get New Year's uh, New Year's guest uh, that 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 many of you will be um, wanting to come listen to. But you can um, check out our podcast, Food for Thought, uh, on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network. Uh, we do a live streamyard video every Friday night, nine to ten ish. Typically, we go till about ten fifteen because Bruce never knows when to <laughs> shut the hell up. Um, and then I don't know. Um, I don't know what that's like. And then you can you can download our podcast on Apple, iTunes, um, you know, Android, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we're uh, just food for thought. Uh, Buffalo Rumblings. If you, usually it's easiest if you type in Buffalo Rumblings, and then the Buffalo Rumblings uh, podcast network will pop up, and you can just hop into uh, food for thought. Yeah, and then once you get some traction, you'll be have, be able to have something like this. One day, Chris, you know, I, I, I have I have my office set up uh, now, uh, in, and now that I've got my own studio, there there's some things that I do. Um, I, I do I do need to get the uh, the backdrop like you guys have. So you have to drop me that that uh, that website where you got that, and I'll I'll invoice. Oh, that's somebody for it. that's somebody local here in Buffalo. Is that right? Yes. Well, I'd I'd love to give them some business. I, I could use uh, I could use a WGR backdrop. Maybe that's or, or it. maybe make myself a one that's front WGR back food for thought. Something, there you go. Something wild. Yeah, uh-huh. we can we can get that you done. Can make it happen. But yeah, maybe I'll um, one day I'll become a I'll become a real boy like you, Chris. <laughs> yeah. Here's what I know: this yeah. game, it's Rocky versus Clubber Lang. Here's the question: Can you survive it? Can you survive the early onslaught? And can you drag him into the deep water? Make him regret ever getting in the ring with you? And then can you find a way? Clubber Lang. Are Clubber we, Lang. Are we Clubber three. Lang? No, we are Rocky. Yeah, well, come on. We're never Clubber Lang. We're never Clubber Lang. <laughs> well, I'm the one with the mohawk, so I would represent <laughs> Clubber Lang. So you're getting Lang. knocked out tonight, Chris. So you're getting knocked out tonight. Well, I'm not going to lie. If you keep scoffing in the microphone, it might you happen. Might, you might really get knocked out. Folks, we got to get out of here. This has been a great show. Nate, thank you so much for showing Pleasure. up. We get, I'm Do it Drew for the Gear. free pizza. 
I'm Drew Gear. That's Chris Kruger. That's Hank Gary. This has been your Week 14 preview. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.